Good afternoon and welcome to Family Faith in the Village, a podcast designed for you, for your family, for uh, your church, um, to grow your faith, to grow your the faith of those in your household, and maybe just edify one another. And that's a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. My name is Steve Miller, and I'm here with my uh, co-worker and friend, Zachary Waugh. And Zachary, today, as we've worked through some series about building faith in our kids, and as we've done some different single episodes about different things, uh, today we're going to talk about something that I think is very beneficial to families and to churches uh, as far as growth, as far as outreach, as far as just all kinds of things. And hopefully we can highlight some of those things today, but we're going to talk about small groups or fellowship families or whatever your church may call them. Uh, but getting together uh, as church members, maybe outside of the norm, uh, the normal services, normal times, normal events, maybe would be the best summary of that. Yeah, absolutely. So last week we talked about hospitality, and a big part of hospitality, uh, I mean, hospitality and small groups kind of go hand in hand. And oftentimes when we go out of our way to show hospitality, um, a lot of times we're interacting in a small group. Now, it may not be a formal, organized one, but it could be as well. Uh, and like Steve said, we believe that there's lots of benefits uh, to being in a small group. And especially being in a small group uh, and your kids being in a small group as well. And just getting together with other families who have children may not be exactly same age, but someone that's just trying to go through life um, in a similar way that you're trying to, just surrounding yourself with people who you want your children to be around, who you want to be there for your children. You always, you always uh, hear the saying, and I tell the teenagers, you surround yourself with the people who you want to be. Those small groups are a great way to do that. Surrounding yourself with Christians who are trying to, striving to, um, you know, tell all the others about Jesus, striving to be in heaven one day, and that's that's a great way to do it. Uh, that's that's a great point. Uh, one of the things I had, um, and it, it goes right off of what you're saying, is you know, a great discovery, a great part of kind of that small group atmosphere is realizing that you're not alone. Realizing that there are other people going through some of the same things that you might not have thought of. Realizing that there's other people to help uh, when you're in need uh, to model. We've talked so much about the what you model is the faith that will eventually probably be seen in your kids. I mean, using other people to model that faith um, is huge. So, so small groups or, or these type of activities are a great time to, to really kind of take a step back, take take a deep breath and realize that, that you're not alone in this walk uh, of faith and of growing faith in your family. And Zachary, you made uh, another great point is, while many people listening might be part of a church that has a formal program for something like this, um, it doesn't have to be. These hmm. things kind of tie right into that hospitality and, and just getting together and studying the Bible as a few families, getting together and fellowshipping as a few families, uh, can be huge in the formation of faith in your children, in and growing your own faith, um, and I think it also it's huge for relationship building, which um, 
an active church family is where members are building relationships with one another. I mean, that's where you see churches doing the most good, where you see churches doing the most service. It's very organic. They kind of do it from within and build relationships with each other first. And, and at this, again, these type of, of get-togethers really lean themselves to those new relationships and and um, and fun, really. I mean, it, yeah. it's a, a fun way to do some things that sometimes, you know, you're edifying and you're growing spiritually and you're setting a good example for your kids and you don't even realize it because you're getting to spend time with other people and we're social beings. And, right. And, and so just a lot of benefits there as well. I'm an introvert, uh, although I've tested before in college, you have to do all these tests uh, in the Myers-Briggs or whatever, uh, and it showed that I was an extrovert just slightly. I, I think that was wrong. Uh, I get my energy from being just on my own, by myself. That's where I get my energy from. And I can imagine other introverts out there Maybe a little bit more overwhelmed when you go to a large group Sunday morning setting and that's your source of spiritual engagement. You can imagine how overwhelming that is for someone who's very shy and doesn't necessarily just love to be in huge crowds. Small groups for those people are a fantastic thing. And you talk about all all the families that you can have in your small group it really, really benefits your children and your teenagers, especially when you have other adults in your small group who are rooting for your kids, who are going to be there for your children. It goes back to the book we mentioned a long time ago, Sticky Faith, right? The five adults for one kid, and that will dramatically increase the chance, the likelihood of your children keeping the faith once they get into college. Well, think about the fact that just getting together like that, studying again. It might it, sometimes it might be a Bible study, sometimes it might just be fellowship. But think about other families that learn a little bit more about your family than praying for your family as well, because these right. are huge opportunities for prayer. These kind of get-togethers um, really can be some of the most. All prayer is meaningful, and all prayer is heard by God, but. But man, when you're with other people and you know they're praying about the things going on in your life and, and you know you've built a relationship and, and made maybe even a new connection or reconnected with someone you knew before and then know that you're part of their prayer life now. I mean, that's that's a huge um, benefit to these small groups. And you talk about um, you know introverts and extroverts and how maybe those things compare if, you know, if you're only getting together on Sunday morning with a huge church, small groups provide a new learning opportunity for you. And beyond a new learning opportunity, um, I looked at some stuff, science itself, advertising studies, you know, companies that advertise and do commercials, they're the people that study so many things that, that really can apply to church life. And when you look at studies out there that basically show that, that small group settings as opposed to big groups are when you make the um, most significant lifestyle changes, right? So if someone, think about it like uh, talking over a big decision in your life with friends, you're more likely to make the decision, get things done than being told by someone you need to make 
this decision or make this change, especially in a, a big group that right. they're telling everyone they yeah. need to make this change. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so when when advertising dollars and research money is spent to find this thing, and then we have scripture that point to those type of things, really, and and how we can grow from these small things. I almost every episode, I think I throw out the end of Acts too, because to me, it's just so. I had it written. Down. It's so yep. there's so many verses in there that tie right into this, and I've got some some other verses as well. But but I love that type of stuff when when uh, what was the I can't even think of the TV show. I, honestly, I don't know that I've ever seen an episode, but I remember it was all over everything. Um, Mad Men, and it was about the big boom in advertising and television, all those things uh, years and years ago. But when all that stuff points to some of the same things that the Bible tells us, like getting together and doing these things together is how you're going to change things. Right. When advertising companies are trying to figure out how they can do that, get people into smaller groups to make these big decisions. I mean, it's, it's a pretty big deal. And again, to me, I love it when stuff like that lines up because it just shows just the, the authenticity of God's inspired word in the Bible. Um, yeah. We spend millions of dollars to find out things that if you read between the lines in the Bible and sometimes just read the flat out words, it's all, it's all there. So it's pretty cool. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that to me is huge when, when, when you can talk things over with a friend or a group of friends, as opposed to just kind of hearing what you need to do and trying to apply it to your life. I think, um, small groups provide a great opportunity for application. Right. Steve, I've always thought, what if what if the Apostle Paul just came back from the dead and he just came into our church culture in America in 2021 and he walked into our church and was like, what would he say? Would he like it? Would he not like it? And one of my fears is that he'd say, wait a second, it's just it's too big, too many people. You can't minister to that. You can't do all the things that... A church is supposed to do in a crowd of you know 500 or whatever your church is but I think small groups are part of the solution right. right so the bigger the church gets the more people your church has or your youth ministry has or whatever the smaller it needs to become as well so the bigger your church is in terms of overall membership and attendance the more small groups you need to have, the more settings where you can produce that intimacy, that just little discussion culture, it's super important. Absolutely. And and we've said this in a lot of other episodes and nothing that we say today about small groups, nothing that we've thrown out about other um, aspects of, of your family life and, and your life is a magic bullet. Small, small groups aren't going to be the... Sometimes we in ministry think maybe they're the thing that'll fix everything. Now, I don't think they'll fix everything, but I think to your point, they fix a lot. And we by no means think that the giant service on Sunday morning when everybody's worshiping together is not what's supposed to be happening. 100%. If we thought that, and if we went too far, we'd be out of a job. Right, (laughs) right. But to Zachary's point, the bigger you get, sometimes the harder it is to build some lasting relationships and the kind of relationships that influence your family and your kids. So, right. so think about these type of opportunities as, um, as an opportunity for, for all of you to grow your faith. And honestly, again, you look at some of the Barna research, some of the things out there, small groups often offer better growth for churches than just traditional things that they may be doing during the week or something like that. Yeah. 
So Steve, I wrote down a few advantages to small groups. And as I started writing these, it just kept going on and on and on because I'm a big believer in them. I think they're very, very beneficial. I do them sometimes even in our Bible class, just do a, a little bit of a of a lecture Devo setting, and then the majority of classes just, you know, sit around a table and discuss, ask questions. I'm, I think it works pretty well. But the first advantage that I wrote down is just intimacy and just the fact that you can know someone so much better when you're in that small group setting. I have the first one I had in my kind of just bullet points of just some great benefits. You get noticed. So ride, ride along with that. It's, it's a lot harder to disappear into the crowd. Um, you get noticed. You get to build that, that intimacy with people. Yeah. So it's Steve and I at our church here. Um, we're about to kind of relaunch our small groups. And I was looking over the list of a small group that my wife and I have just joined. And there's a couple who I'm not even sure if I've ever met before. If I'm being honest, I know I've seen them, I've talked to them, I think, but I'm not sure if I've ever formally met them. And I'm looking forward to the opportunity to just get to know some people that I don't know very well so much better. Absolutely. The next one I had, I'll see if this, you get to ask a lot more questions. Oh, yeah. There's a lot more back and forth in a small group format. So um, maybe that question that comes up during Sunday service that you sit in the pew and think, wait, did I understand that right? How can I? Well, then maybe later in the week when you get together with your small group, you get to talk about that and, yep. and ask some questions and interact more. Um, I think that's a huge uh, benefit to getting together in a small group format. No doubt. Questions and the discussion that you can have there. Uh, it's so much different. There's such a contrast uh, in regard to your traditional worship service versus small groups. I think both are very beneficial at times, but you're right, the small group setting, you can ask more questions because I think another one I wrote down is authenticity. Just there's so many more things that you could be comfortable saying in a group, small group, that you would never even speak up and say at a Bible class because of how many are in the room or who's in the room even. So the intimacy will lead to a deeper deeper relationship and deeper questions and more more comfortable sharing things in your life that quite frankly you would maybe rather not share or darkness or sin in your life and something you're trying to keep within I think there's a whole lot better chance where it it's just something you're a small group you become a family and you want to share with the entire group absolutely it provides great Support. I mean, a group like that, um, it provides great support. And I think kind of to your point, when you can interact, when you can bring up some of those things that maybe you wouldn't in a bigger group or in a more normal format, um, I think it promotes a better attitude towards your brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. Because I may hear someone say something in a Bible class and completely disagree and not understand what they're saying, but I'm across the room with, 50 other people and there's no elaboration. So my attitude towards that idea, not necessarily that person is probably wrong in a lot of cases, but in a smaller format with people that you've built a relationship with and become more comfortable with, you can understand. Maybe you can ask more questions. You can understand why they said what they said or why they 
interpreted scripture a certain way. And really, I think that help would, I think it does help my attitude towards Absolutely. things that sometimes I don't understand or don't, right. don't quite, you know, I haven't gotten to the same point spiritually that they have. I, I definitely think it creates, um, better attitudes helps me with my attitude towards other people at times because I get more right of a relationship more right. of an understanding yeah. more of all the things that we talked about and sometimes your perception of people is so wrong absolutely and until you get them in that setting that small group setting you had no idea and the in the preconceptions that you have of these people could be so much different than the person they truly are. It's so, and and this this is true, in, not just in church, but it's definitely true in church, and it's true in school and a lot of places that our kids are. Um, you, the traits of a very shy person, often can be the same. You perceive the traits the same as someone who you maybe you think doesn't want to talk to you or doesn't want to interact with you, and you yep. build these ideas and then you you get in a different format you get more comfortable you find common ground and and it just turns everything upside down so yeah i think that's a that's a great point as well um i think small groups build confidence build leadership build leaders in our church you're much more likely probably to to say a prayer in front of people if in that smaller format first before maybe you're comfortable doing right. the same things at church but it's a good practice it's a good stepping stool it's, it's absolutely a great place to build confidence in your service to the church right um, and not just with prayers i mean in leading a discussion in uh, some small groups get together and just sing and mm -hmm. maybe they're developing song leaders i know that's something with our kids uh, when we've had small groups uh, in the past and done singing with them that's when my boys got to lead more songs yeah. and learn they like yep. it or when my girls kind of find their voice and and so I think um, I think it definitely builds confidence when we get together in this format. No doubt. Another advantage that I have written down is flexibility. As in, you can host it wherever you want. Uh, any person in the group can host it. It doesn't have to be very formal. Uh, the flexibility, you can do it any time of the week or any time of the month. You can do it uh, service project. You can do whatever yep. and I think that's such a beautiful thing where it's not a rigid timeline you know five o'clock on a Sunday afternoon that's when we're going to do it every time having that flexibility is going to it's just going to make things so much easier for your entire group to find what what works for your group and with flexibility uh, I would add frequency you can change you know some months you might get together more often some months you might to get get together less but but you have the opportunity to get together even more, to get together and um, to your point a second ago, maybe it's not always a Bible study, you know, maybe right. it is that service project. I think small groups are a, a great time to, to make a difference, to really be active and do something different. So, um, and you can do that maybe a little more frequently than the big church service project that has to fall into yeah. a schedule with so many people right. and so many moving parts, which again, those are super important things to do. And I hope that if you're listening, you're taking part in those big efforts of your church, but you can do a lot more frequent things as part of a smaller group. That's just out there, you know, special forces almost yeah. as the military would say <laughs> yeah. the, the guerrilla warfare of right. service. Right. 
I have written down a question, what do you do in small groups? And Steve mentioned this, but there's a verse that I want to read, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. And Paul says, What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation? Everything, everything, this is important, everything must be done so that the church may be built up. So, what do you do, what do, you do in small groups? Well, I think Paul would say anything that suits your group and builds the church up. And if you can hit both of those things, go for it. Does that mean Bible study every time? Probably not. Does that mean service every time? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe it's a mixture of so many different things, but anything that suits your group and builds the church up, in my mind, I would say that's fair game. That's good to go. <laughs> how, about, how about Hebrews chapter 10, 24 and 25? It talks about provoking one another to love and good works. Yeah. I mean, that's that's, that's a church. Right. That, that's really what should be happening whenever we get together. But just for all these other reasons that we've talked about, how much more can we provoke one another when we have a better relationship, when we have better contact, when we have better communication, when we have all the things that, that maybe a small group format gives you? Um, I mean, how, how much love and good works can be shown there? Um, no doubt. I do think another one I had down as, as a plus is again maybe it's not every time but i do think when you get together with a small group and you have a bible study i think it provides an opportunity to be in the scripture a little more mm -hmm. because with our normal function sometimes we just get in a routine and a and a tradition and a step by step by step and we check a box and we check a box and we check a box and we go on to the next event um, i really in small groups that we've had and in even having people over to our house at times kind of going back to the hospitality talk just a little bit of scripture almost feels like it goes further um, in a smaller format because there's just so much um, more time to break it down and, and hear and really think about what you're reading and what you're saying and and so I think I think that's huge I think those type of things really without us even knowing it I kind of said it already but Without even noticing, we're improving our social skills. We're improving our leadership skills. Um, we're really improving the formation of faith in our kids, as we've right. talked about. Uh, without um, discovering more about ourselves and what we believe, without necessarily thinking of it that way. I think just mm -hmm. this format lends itself to a little bit more of that. Absolutely. Steve, are there any warnings or any disadvantages of small groups that you had well there's small groups um so so by their nature you don't want them to be too big right 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 because you start losing some of the things you but do. you also don't want them to be too small of a group because <laughs> yeah. then maybe it's just another family over for dinner and that's an awesome thing but maybe it doesn't quite have the same effect right so i don't know what the magic number right. is but I would say there's a you've got to find the middle ground. You don't want them too small, and you definitely don't want them too big. And really, the blessing in a small group or a fellowship family or whatever term your church may use or, or the group that you're looking for may decide on, um, about the great thing about getting too big is because of they lend themselves to forming leaders and helping each other and doing more, well, then it's easy yep. maybe to 
make it two groups and maybe it moves around a little bit so you still get to see some of the people that were in the original big group but but they lend themselves to kind of a family tree if you will kind of fracturing off and and having other groups but you've built a relationship as you've grown these groups so you then when you're all together in a big format or a regular Sunday morning or whatever it may be regular Wednesday night Bible class you've had a relationship with so many more people because of yes, that. So absolutely. I think that's a great thing. I I would give the warning to those leading a small group or if your family's in a small group, make sure it's inclusive. Don't don't allow your group to be uh, to never welcome anyone for fear of of losing the connection with other people or fear of getting too big or something. Yep. Don't let that that's the that's one of the goals of small groups is to bring others right. in and they're more likely most to attend a small group setting than they are a church service. So bring them in. Yep. And if it gets to the point, like you said, where it's too big, don't be afraid to, to branch off and form your own or uh, to split your group in two and just go about it and keep, keep making those small group circles. I, I absolutely agree with that. I think um, another warning maybe in in the small group format and this is really true in your entire spiritual walk Um, but maybe it makes itself even clearer in small groups and that's you get what you put in so so don't go in expecting everyone else in the group to provide all these things for you without being willing to have some buy-in into it i really think if you go one time and it's not what you think and you never do it again you're not gonna get anything out of it you've got to put something into to this format to this type of interaction kind of like the hospitality that we discussed in a previous episode like you got to put a little bit of work into it right to reap the rewards it's not just hey we're doing this new thing and if you show up now you get all these great benefits i mean it's still life. It's still church. It's still work. It's still all those things. So, so uh, just keep in mind, uh, as with everything in, in our spiritual walks, that, that you get what you put in. Absolutely. So if your church has small groups and you're not a part of one, maybe, maybe you should reconsider and just, and just do whatever you can to become a part of one. I think there's so many advantages, and I would recommend small groups to any person no matter how old or young you are Uh, and if your church doesn't have small groups don't be afraid to start your own don't be afraid to just invite a few people over make it a habit and just like that you have your small group i think i think that's a great and that's again the most organic way to do it and for me that organic when I say organic, I mean scriptural, really. I've already thrown out the ends of Acts 2, like I always do. Right. Thrown out some in Hebrews. But, I mean, really, first chapter of Acts, it talks about meeting together in prayer. And we've talked about maybe how how a smaller group can affect your prayer life. Matthew 18, whenever two or more are gathered, right? We, we know those things. Um, Acts 5, they're teaching house to house, right? They're not teaching church building to church building. Yep. And maybe their houses were their church building, excuse right. me, in Acts 5. But but the teaching and the interaction was going on house to house. First uh, yep. Thessalonians 5, we're called, uh, verse 11, to comfort, edify. Um, and I think that the small group form, 
format lends itself to these scriptures so well. And these are such important scriptures in um, not just your own walk, but in instilling that faith in your family, in your marriage, in your children, in, as we talk about in Deuteronomy 5, generations to come. Absolutely. Well, Steve, you have anything else? Notes? I think we've covered most of mine. Same here. Well, we hope that this podcast episode uh, is of good benefit to you and that you'll be the one that starts small groups in your church or joins a small group wherever you are. Uh, I hope that if you like this podcast, that you'll share it however you want to with family, with friends. You can find us just about anywhere you get your podcast, and we'll be with you again next Thursday.